Volume One, Chapter Ten of Gwen Wynn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chieko. Gwen Wynn, A Romance of the Y by Maine Reed. Chapter Ten: The Cuckoo's Glen. About a mile above Langorn Court, but on the opposite side of the Y, stands the house which had attracted the attention of Captain Wycroft known to the neighbourhood as Glengog, Simric's synonym for Cuckoo's Glen. Not immediately on the water's edge, but several hundred yards back, near the head of a lateral ravine, which debouches on the valley of the river, to the latter contributing a rivulet. Glengog House is one of those habitations, common in the county of Hereford, as other western shires, puzzling the stranger to tell whether they be gentlemen's residence, or but the dwelling of a farmer this from an array of walls enclosing yard garden even the orchard a plentitude due to the red sandstone being near and easily shaped for building purposes about glengog house however there is something besides the circumvallation to give it an air of grandeur beyond that of the ordinary farm homestead certain touches of architectural style which speak of the elizabethan period in short that termed tudor for its own walls are not altogether stone instead a framework of oaken uprights struts and braces black with age the panelled masonry between plastered and whitewashed giving to the structure a quaint almost fantastic appearance heightened by an irregular roof of steep pitch with projecting dormers gables acute angled overhanging windows and carving at the coins of such ancient domiciles there are yet many to be met with on the y their antiquity vouched for by the materials used in their construction when bricks were a costly commodity and wood to be had almost for the asking about this one the enclosing stone walls have been a later erection as also the pillared gate entrance to its ornamental grounds through which runs a carriage drive to the sweep in front many a glittering equipage may have gone round on that sweep for glengog was once a manor-house now it is but the remains of one so much out of repair as to show smashed panes in several of its windows while the unsent walls are only upright where sustained by the upholding ivy the shrubbery run wild the walks and carriage drive weed-covered on the latter neither recent track of wheel nor hoof-mark of horse for all the house is not uninhabited three or four of the windows appear sound with blinds inside them while at most hours smoke may be seen ascending from at least two of the chimneys few approach near enough the place to note its peculiarities the traveller gets but a distant glimpse of its chimney-pots for the country road avoiding the dip of the ravine is carried round its head and far from the house it can only be approached by a long narrow lane leading nowhere else so steep as to deter any explorer save a pedestrian while he too would have to contend with an obstruction of overgrowing thorns and trailing brambles notwithstanding these disadvantages glengog has something to recommend it a prospect not surpassed in the western shires of england he who selected its site must have been a man of tastes rather aesthetic than utilitarian for the land attached and belonging some fifty or sixty acres is barely arable lying against the abruptly sloping sides of the ravine but the view is superb below the y winding through a partially wood-covered plain like some grand constrictor snake its sinuosities only here and there visible through the trees resembling a chain of detached lakes till sweeping past the cuckoo's glen it runs on in straight reach towards langorn 
eye of man never looked upon lovelier landscape mind of man could not contemplate one more suggestive of all that is or ought to be interesting in life peaceful smokes ascending out of far-off chimneys farmhouses with their surrounding walls standing amid the greenery of old homestead trees now in full leaf for it is the month of june here and there the sharp spire of a church or the showy facade of a gentleman's mansion in the distant background the dark blue mountains of monmouthshire among them conspicuous the blorange scarred and sugar-loaf the man who could look on such a picture without drawing from it inspirations of pleasure must be out of sorts with the world if not weary of it and yet just such a man is now viewing it from glyngog house or rather the bit of shrubbery ground in front he is seated on a rustic bench partly shattered barely enough of it whole to give room beside him for a small japanned tray on which are tumbler bottle and jug the two last respectively containing brandy and water while in the first is an admixture of both he is smoking a meerschaum pipe which at short intervals he removes from his mouth to give place to the drinking-glass the personal appearance of this man is in curious correspondence with the bench on which he sits the walls around and the house behind like all these he looks dilapidated not only is his apparel out of repair but his constitution too as shown by hollow cheeks and sunken eyes with crow's feet ramifying around them this do not as with the surrounding objects to age for he is still under forty nor yet any of the natural infirmities to which flesh is heir but evidently to drink some reddish spots upon his nose and flecks on the forehead with the glass held in shaking hand proclaims this the cause and it is lewin murdoch such is the man's name has led a dissipated life not much of it in england still less in herefordshire and only its earlier years in the house he now inhabits his paternal home since boyhood he has been abroad staying none can say where and straying no one knows whither often seen however at baden Amberg, and other hells punting high or low as the luck has gone for or against him at a later period in paris during the imperial regime worst hell of all it has stripped him of everything driven him out and home to seek asylum at glyngog once a handsome property now but a pied a terre on which he may only set his foot with a mortgage around his neck for even the little land left to it is let out to a farmer and the rent goes not to him he is in fact only a tenant on his patrimonial estate holding but the house at that with the ornamental grounds and an acre or two of orchard of which he takes no care the farmer's sheep may scale the crumbling walls and browse the weedy enclosure at will give lewin murdoch his meerschaum pipe with enough brandy and water and he but laughs not that he is of a jovial disposition not at all given to mirth only that it takes something more than the pasturage of an old orchard to excite his thoughts or turn them to cupidity for all land does this the very thing no limited tract but one of many acres in extent even miles the land of langoran it is now before his face and under his eyes as a map unfolded on the opposite side of the river it forms the foreground of the landscape in its midst the many-windowed mansion backed by stately trees with well-kept grounds and green pastures at a little distance the grange or home farm and farther off others that look of the same belonging as they are a smiling picture it is spread before the eyes of lewin murdoch whenever he sits in his front window or steps outside the door 
and the brighter the sun shines on it the darker the shadow on his brow not much of an enigma either that land of Langorn belonged to his grandfather but now is or soon will be the property of his cousin gwendolen wynne were she not it would be his between him and it runs the wye a broad deep river but what its width or depth compared with that other something between a barrier stronger and more impassable than the stream yet seeming slight as a thread for it is but the thread of a life should it snap or get accidentally severed lewin murdoch would only have to cross the river proclaim himself master of langorn and take possession he would scarce be human not to think of all this and being human he does has thought of it oft and many a time with feelings too beyond the mere prompting of cupidity these due to a legend handed down to him telling of an unfair disposal of the langorn property but a pittance given to his mother who married murdoch of glyngog while the bulk went to her brother the father of gwen wynne all matters of testament since the estate is unentailed the only grace of the grandfather towards the murdoch branch being a clause entitling them to possession in the event of the collateral heirs dying out and of these but one is living the heroine of our tale only she but she mutters lewin murdoch in a tone of such bitterness that as if to drown it he plucks the pipe out of his mouth and gulps down the last drop in the glass End of chapter ten